I'm reading from the 119th Psalm, the second verse. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. As we look at the last part of the second verse of the 119th Psalm, we come to one of the most important concepts in all of Holy Scripture, seeking the Lord. As we read the Bible again and again, we come across the command that we should seek the Lord. We could say that the chief duty of human beings is to seek God. We could even define the godly person as someone who seeks the Lord. The godly person has a strong desire to have intimate fellowship with the Lord. This longing for communion with God is described in Psalm 63.1. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. That is the attitude of those who know the Lord. On the other hand, the wicked person is described as someone who does not seek the Lord. In Psalm 10:4, we read, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. Those who do not know the Lord have this haughty, arrogant attitude that they don't need the Lord. They don't need a relationship with God. They don't need salvation. They don't need anything from God. They are sufficient in and of themselves to supply all their needs, whether spiritual or material. Nevertheless, there are times when even hardened sinners feel a gnawing emptiness inside and they know something is missing. The reason this concept of seeking the Lord is so important is that we were created to know God and have fellowship with Him. Our lives have no meaning apart from fellowship with God. Therefore, people should always be seeking God, seeking to come into a more intimate relationship with Him. But we have a problem. Though we were created to have fellowship with God, created with a desire to seek after the Lord, sin has done something horrible to us. Though we were created to seek God, we refuse to do so. In Psalm 14, verses 1 through 3, we find these words, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Imagine the scene. The all-knowing God who knows the hearts and minds of every person on the face of the earth looks down from heaven to see if there is anyone who seeks him, and after he searches, he cannot find anyone who is even bothering to seek. The Apostle Paul quoted this psalm in Romans 3 when describing the entire human race, Jew and Gentile, in this way. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. This is what sin has done to us. Though we were created to seek God, we have been so corrupted by sin that we don't seek Him. The only way that a person will ever come to seek God is when the Holy Spirit creates this desire within the hearts and minds of people. When the Holy Spirit does this miraculous work, then people begin to seek the Lord. 
We sometimes think that seeking applies only to those people who don't know the Lord. We say that such people should seek the Lord, and so they should. But we think that once people have found the Lord, then the seeking days are over. Actually, that's just the beginning of seeking the Lord. After all, this 119th Psalm is describing godly people, people who already know the Lord. These are people who are undefiled in the way, the ones who walk in the law of the Lord, the ones who keep his testimonies. These are the people who are seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord continues throughout our lives, for we are always yearning for a greater knowledge of the Lord and more intimate fellowship with him. In Psalm 105, 4, we read, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. This seeking of God never ends. And God gives us many encouragements to seek him. As we have been studying this psalm, we have seen that it is written to describe the good life, the life of blessedness. And here we have another characteristic of those who live the good life. Those who seek the Lord, who are constantly involved in seeking the Lord, have found the way of blessedness in this life. We often think of seeking the Lord as this painful task, and we'll be glad when the seeking comes to an end. But the life of seeking is the life of blessedness. In First Chronicles 16.10, David said, Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. In Psalm 22.26, we find these words, The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. In Psalm 40.16, we read, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. You can see in these verses the connection between seeking and joy. Those who seek the Lord are happy, rejoicing people, for they will attain this intimate fellowship with God and all the blessings that flow from that relationship. We find this promise in Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. What a beautiful promise. They that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Isn't that the life that all people say they want? Most human beings, if not all, dread the prospect of poverty. Even the rich fear losing their possessions and being reduced to being people who are in need. But here is the Lord promising his people that if they seek him, they'll never lack any good thing. But we wonder how that can be true. How have Christians throughout history experienced great loss and even poverty? Yes. But those who seek the Lord have the Lord, and they never lose him. As long as people have the Lord, they can say with the Apostle Paul, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. People could take away Paul's freedom and his possessions, but they could never take away Christ from him. And as long as he had Christ, he had everything. 
The Lord has promised life, comfort, and strength to all those who seek him. Surely, we have more than enough reasons to give our lives to seeking God. Now, since seeking the Lord is so important and showers such great blessings upon people, we should want to know how the Lord is to be sought. Scripture does not leave us in doubt about how we should go about seeking him. First, the Lord should be sought with repentance. The only thing that keeps us from entering into this glorious life of fellowship with God is our sin. So we hear the prophet Isaiah saying, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. As you can see here, Isaiah described seeking as repentance. If we want to find the Lord, we cannot find him while clinging to the sin in our lives. To be in fellowship with God means to have fellowship with the one who is infinitely holy and is of purer eyes than to look on evil. Therefore, if we want this fellowship with God and all the blessings of that relationship, we must turn from our sins. Throughout the history of the people of Israel, they often rebelled against God. The great punishment of their disobedience was finally being led into captivity. But God promised them that one day he would deliver them from that captivity. But they would have to seek him, pleading with him to set them free. God had warned his people before they ever entered the land of Canaan that if they refused to obey him, he would cause them to be taken into captivity, away from the promised land. But he gave them this promise. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. But that seeking, you see, had to be accompanied by repentance. We see this kind of seeking in the life and prayers of the prophet Daniel when he said, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Daniel determines that he will seek the Lord and his seeking begins with repentance, confessing that he and his people had failed to keep God's holy commandments. So if we're going to seek God, we must seek him in a way of repentance, turning from our sins with deep sorrow and with a commitment to walk in the ways of the Lord in the future. Second, we must seek the Lord with faith. The writer to the Hebrews said, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There we have the promise of scripture that God does reward those who seek him, but we must seek him by faith, believing that he is and that we shall certainly find him, relying on his promises that he has made to us in his word. Sometimes people seek the Lord and in the back of their minds, they're wondering if they're wasting their time. What if I seek and seek and I never find? The Lord seeks to relieve such fears in Isaiah 45, 19, where he says, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, 
seek ye me in vain. God is not a cruel God who lets people seek him while the whole time knowing he would not allow himself to be found. God says to us, I never said that you would seek me without success. No, he says that if we seek, we find. Our Lord Jesus himself, wanting to increase our faith, gave us the promise. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Our Lord does not say, seek and perhaps you'll find. No, he says, seek and ye shall find. He said, everyone who seeks finds. What greater confirmation do we need than that given by the Lord Jesus himself? And then third, we are to seek him with a determination that refuses to be denied. In the second verse of Psalm 119, we read, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Notice the word whole. You've probably noticed as I've read these various verses of scripture about seeking that the words whole and all keep coming up. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart. We read of Hezekiah. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah, and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. Perhaps the most famous promise concerning seeking the Lord is found in Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. But these words, all your heart and the whole heart, cause many people problems and doubt enters their minds because they begin to say to themselves, I think I'm seeking the Lord, but perhaps I'm not seeking him with all my heart. And again, we have to think biblically when considering these words because we often think that these words refer, once again, to perfection. We think seeking the Lord means perfectly seeking, without any flaws, from people who are basically sinless. But when we look at the people described as seeking the Lord with the whole heart, they were far from sinless. They had many faults. We just mentioned Hezekiah, who sought the Lord with all his heart. But Hezekiah demonstrated at times that he lacked faith and did some very foolish things which aroused the anger of the Lord. But we have to see things the way God sees them, where God sees a sincere desire and an earnest endeavor. He sees perfection, though the person may have many faults. God told Jeroboam in 1 Kings 14.8, Thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments and who followed me with all his heart to do that only which was right in mine eyes. Now we're all familiar with the sins of David. How could God say that David had followed the Lord with all his heart and that he did that only which was right in mine eyes? Again, God looks at the overall character of the person and he looks at sincerity determination, and intensity of heart. 
Though we may have many flaws and defects, if there is this determination to seek the Lord through it all, then we are seeking him with the whole heart. It was said of King Josiah, And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. Again, you notice he turned to the Lord with all his heart. Yet Josiah had his faults, including going into battle with a wicked king, which resulted in his own death. So perfect can't mean sinless, but it does indicate a sincere desire to serve the Lord and be obedient to him. So then, when we think of seeking the Lord with the whole heart or seeking him with all the heart, we're thinking of firm resolve to seek the Lord. Thus, we find the word set being used to describe seeking the Lord. In First Chronicles twenty-two nineteen, David told Solomon, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. In Second Chronicles 20, we find the story of how the Moabites and Ammonites came together to fight King Jehoshaphat and his people, and Jehoshaphat was very afraid. So how did he respond? We're told, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. In the passage I read earlier from Daniel, we read how Daniel described himself in this way. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication. This word set means a firm resolution to do something. We also see the word prepare when used to describe seeking the Lord. It was said of Rehoboam. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. For Rehoboam was one and forty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned seventeen years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah and Ammonitus, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. These words, set and prepare, indicate a firm resolution to seek and seek and seek. A few moments ago, we read the promise of our Lord, Seek and ye shall find. But the Lord said those words in the context of his teachings about prayer. And you remember that in Luke's account, Jesus told the parable of the man who goes to see his friend at midnight to borrow three loaves of bread. And the friend says that he can't get out of bed. It's midnight. He and his children are in bed. But the man won't give up. And keeps pleading. And Jesus says, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. It is because of the man's persistence, this refusal to take no for an answer, that the friend grants his request. And it is then that Jesus concludes this parable by saying, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. Our Lord is telling us to be determined in our prayers, be persistent in seeking, and if we are persistent, we will find. There are times in Scripture where the people indicate their determination to seek God by entering into a covenant with Him. 
whereby they take an oath, a vow that they will seek the Lord. During the reign of King Asa, we read of how he gathered the people. And it is said, And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. There is a firm resolve, a resolve so strong that they enter into a covenant to give themselves completely, sincerely, with determination to seek the Lord. Now you have to be very determined to enter into a covenant with God to make a promise to God that you will seek him because there is nothing worse than to be known as a covenant breaker. But this is the kind of seeking that finds. This is seeking God with a whole heart when you're willing to make a covenant with God that you will never leave off seeking until you find. So we must seek with repentance. We must seek with faith. And we must seek with determination. And then last, we must seek him in his ordinances, the means of grace that he has appointed for us to use as we seek him, the means of grace that he has given to his church. Going back to Psalm 63, we read, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. As we read through the Psalms, we find that the writers look forward to being in the presence of God in God's house. For it is there that God reveals his glory in a unique manner. The same is still true in these New Testament times. The church, St. Paul teaches us, is the habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. And it is when God's people are gathered together, the glory of God is revealed in a way that it's not revealed anywhere else. As our Lord said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Therefore, if you want to seek the Lord and find him, you need to be in the place where he dwells, in the midst of his people gathered for worship. We have some rather strange notions about seeking God in our own time. People think that they can find God in nature. Some think that they can find God within by some type of meditation. Even some who call themselves Christians don't think the public worship of God is necessary. They believe they can seek God in private prayer and Bible study. And while it is true that we can see the glory of God in nature, and it is important to meditate on God's word, and private prayer is very important, still, there is no substitute for the public worship of God in the midst of his people. In the church, the ordinances of God are blessed with the power of the Holy Spirit. When we come here to worship, it is not just a ritual, just going through the motions and thinking that we've done our duty. The point of everything we do here is to seek the Lord and find him. We don't just say some prayers. We're seeking the Lord in our prayers. We come here with repentance, faith, and firm resolve to seek and find the Lord. We don't just sit and listen to the reading of God's word. We're seeking the God who reveals himself in his word. As we sang in the old hymn, Break Thou the Bread of Life, beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. We're not just reading the word, listening to the word. We're seeking God in the word. When we listen to the minister, it's more than just to learn more about the meaning of scripture. But we expect that in true preaching, 
God will be revealed. We are seeking the Lord when we hear preaching. Preaching of the truth also guards us from falling into error when we depend too much on emotions and mystical experiences and thinking that we've found the Lord in those experiences. It's only the preaching of God's holy word that can determine if our experiences are from God or just from some sort of emotionalism. And of course, in the sacrament of Holy Communion, we seek and find the Lord. In the sacrament of communion, we draw as near to the Lord as we possibly can in this life. We are actually seated at the table with our Lord Jesus Christ. When we walk through the doors of our church, we come seeking and in Holy Communion, we both seek and find. We come to the table seeking that we and all others who shall be partakers of this Holy Communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. Our seeking has found its fulfillment. We have been made one body with him. He dwells in us and we in him. How wonderful it is that God has provided these means of grace and to know that when we come to this place to seek him, we shall find. So I have in this message explained briefly something of what it means to seek the Lord. If what I've said is true, how few people could be considered seekers. In Psalm 24, 6, the psalmist said, This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. I'm afraid that we cannot make that statement. This is not the generation of them that seek the Lord. This is the generation that runs from the Lord. How few there are who seek him with repentance, with faith, and with determination. How few there are who even go to church, much less really seek the Lord when they do go. When we look at how powerless the church is in this generation, when we look at how our nation has become so morally corrupt, when we see how the world constantly flirts with horrible disaster and judgment, isn't it time we began to seek the Lord? Isn't it time that we seek the Lord with our whole heart? Isn't it time we set our face to seek the Lord? Isn't it time we prepared our heart to seek the Lord? Isn't it time we made a covenant to seek the Lord that we will never give up seeking until we find? May we make that covenant now so that it might one day be said, this is the generation of them that seek the Lord. Amen.